Hi, everybody. My name is Pat Hogarty, and welcome back to California Real Estate Finance, or as we sometimes refer to it as Real Estate 320. This happens to be show number 10. And today we're going to continue on discussing, if I remember correctly, federal regulation and consumer protection is what we're going to be discussing about today. When we left off, we had a few more pages left in the chapter. One of the things that I had recommended to you is to make sure that you go to the Class Blackboard website you know, and what I do is under website links, I have links to a lot of the things that I'm showing you on the uh, TV. And the reason why I want to kind of emphasize that is because if you're watching this on TV or if you're watching it over the Internet, there's always the possibility that in some cases it may look a little bit blurry because we're encoding it or a TV has a different resolution than if you were sitting right here looking at our old friendly plasma screen or a computer screen. So... It's good to know that you can go to that site and see the same links that I'm talking about and see them, you know, see them right there for yourself. The second reason, as I mentioned before, is the fact that you want to become self-sufficient as a result of taking courses, at least for me. You know, what you want to do is be able, sometimes I say it this way, at the end of a class like this, you should be looking to fire the instructor. In other words, you should hopefully have gained the knowledge that you can independently start working on this stuff yourself and finding out this information on your own. And also becoming familiar with the resources because you're going to find out that when you have a real problem in the real world and you're an agent or you're working as a mortgage or a lending person, the answer is not going to be very that very clear. You, you may very well have to go to several different resources to finally get all the information that you need. And also, too, because today books tend to be, you know, they produce them and they tend to uh, become almost old before they come off the presses. It's a good idea for you to be able to go to a location, like on the Internet, and find hopefully the most current stuff. So anyway, I'm going to finish up the last few pages of this, be talking a little bit about, uh, I'm going to be telling you about what's in the book, showing you some things, and then what I'm going to be doing is going to the website I'm going to be showing you several different websites that are going to be hopefully helping to uh, drive home this point and also provide other locations where you can see this information and get more in-depth information, if you will. Anyway, I'm going to move over here to my old friendly document camera. And what we're going to talk about is right here something called the Real Estate Settlement and Procedures Act. I believe that that's where we left off the last time. I'm going to go ahead and read this, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And what I basically said at that time is I said the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act, which they call RESPA, uh, of 1974 was, uh, was passed to protect consumers from abusive practices. And let me emphasize abusive practices by lenders. So the concept is here is that lenders maybe have a lot more knowledge about, you know, real estate loans, and they can give you information that may or may not be accurate. And what this legislation has passed is to say, you know what, if you are a real estate lending person, you need to be truthful, honest, and tell the consumer what's really going on. And this, this uh, legislation also forced them to put things in writing and disclose certain things. So that's what we're talking about here. The other important thing is, is that you also need to know this because if you're in the industry, you need to make sure that any uh, advertising literature that you're, pro you're providing to any customers or clients is accurate and follows these laws. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, it says consumers have long complained about the various fees and the commissions paid in the loan process. 
A home purchase can be an unsettling experience. For many consumers, this is one of the most confusing transactions they will ever undertake in their lifetime. Uh, the settlement charges on a loan seem endless. Among the charges are fees for credit report, appraisal, termite inspection, title search, and insurance, escrow, recording fees, transfer fees, taxes, on and on and on, lender fees. It just doesn't quit. There's just on and on and on fees. They even go down and they use a term that we typically refer to in the business as garbage fees. In other words, it's fees that they're being charged to just cover costs or even to make money, but that you're really having a hard time to figure out what in the world that fee is really for. So what we're trying to do is disclose what each one of these items happen to be. How is a consumer to know if these fees are valid and customary or if he or she is being overcharged? That's very important. How can a consumer shop intelligently for the best deal? Uh, that's one of the questions I get often from students in my class because as a result of classes that we're taking, students will come up to me and they'll have all different types of scenarios. They'll say, for example, listen, I'm looking at buying or I'm looking at either buying a house or I want to refinance my house. How should I go about finding out what the best loan is for me? And normally, what I usually will say to them is that go to somebody that you normally deal with, like your bank or your lending institution that you're familiar with. If you're a Bank of America customer, go to the Bank of America. If you're Wells Fargo, go to Wells Fargo. And what you want to do is you want to go in there. It's a very non-threatening area, very non-threatening environment, and just sit down and say, you know, I would like to find out what it would cost me and the charges that are involved for me to get a loan to purchase a house. And I'm looking at a house that's roughly in the neighborhood of around $300,000, whatever the figure happens to be. And I'm looking at the possibility of uh, maybe getting a fixed rate term loan for 30 years or an adjustable rate loan. Or maybe you don't even know which kind of a loan you really want to, to actually end up with. Sit down with that person and start writing down some information. You know, what's the amount of the loan? What is the interest rates? What's the fees, the charges? How much, you know, wh how long is the lender going to tell you that loan is good? How long will they lock, what we call lock that interest rate in? Um, what is the annual percentage rate? You want to get all those figures, all that information. What that hopefully does for you as a consumer is to set a baseline. Now you've got a list of figures and information. If you've gone to Bank of America, now you can go over to Wells Fargo and talk to them. And you, what you'll find out is, is maybe they have the same program, or maybe their fees are different, or maybe they'll give you some other advice. And what I would recommend is that you check with two or three or four institutions. Some of this you can do online. You can apply online, or not necessarily even apply, but find out what programs are available. But this helps you as a consumer become more informed about the decision of buying this property or getting this loan. That's why I think that's really important. Now, once you've decided on a company to go with, what you're going to do is you're going to have some information that's going to be provided to you. And well, I'm going to show you what this is, and then I'll be showing you later on where, where this information is located. First of all, they need to take and give you... Uh, the lender needs to provide to you three types of disclosures. Number one, they need to give you a HUD booklet, which I'm going to show you an example of what one of those looks like on the Internet. But a HUD booklet that explains the loan settlement process and outlines the standard procedures. 
They need to do that so you become familiar with that. They're required to do that. Number two, they need to give you a good faith estimate of all settlement charges. Now, a good faith estimate, by the way, means this. It's an estimate. Keep that in mind. It is not precision. They're estimating based on the information that you're telling them, the loan amount that they're going that you're uh, going to be getting. They'll estimate things like uh, escrow fees, title fees, uh, recording fees, um, you know, termite, if there's termite reports, whatever has to be done, they're going to estimate those. Now, those estimates could be more than what it would actually cost by a little bit or a little bit less, but it's an estimate. They have to give you that, and I'll show you where that estimate is located and how to understand what those things happen to be. The other thing that they need to do at the end is they need to give you a uniform settlement statement prior to the close of escrow to tell you where your money actually did go. It's very, very important that they do that. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and flip this thing over, and I'm going to show you this one form on here. And again, sometimes these forms, they almost need to blow them up with a magnifying glass so you can really read what they are. But And I'm, I don't even think I can really read this, and it would even make any sense on here. But basically, this first part of this statement right here is talking about the good faith estimate. Okay, they're talking about that. That's what they're talking about and who this estimate, who the borrower is, where the property is located, so on and so forth. They're telling you, they're giving you this information about, you know, that you need to know about this and what these costs are. Down below here, they're breaking out the costs. And I'll show you at the HUD, the Housing and Urban Development website, where you'll get detailed information about what every one of these pieces of information means. But what they're doing is they're categorizing this. So first of all, all of the 800 series numbers, their categories, have to deal with items payable in connection with the loan. So you'll have things such as an appraisal fee, a credit report, a lender's inspection fee, a tax service fee, a processing fee. This all has to do with items you're going to pay that are in relation to creating or getting the, uh, getting the loan. The next one, which is the 900 numbers, these are items that are required by the lender to be paid in advance by you. So this would be things such as mortgage insurance premiums, hazard insurance, property taxes, things like that. If you're going to get the loan and you get it on a certain day, you're going to find out that you may actually have the money for a certain number of days, Okay, and what they're going to do is charge you interest from the day your loan is approved or not approved, but the day that you actually get the money, they're going to start charging you interest from then. So what they'll do is they'll put how many days and what the, what the how much per day is going to be. The next category, which is, a thousand, which is numbers in the thousand, has to do with reserves deposited with the lenders. These are like impound account amounts. So the lender may very well come back to you. This is where the lender would come back to you and say, listen, I need to have you have an impound account for this loan. So what we're going to do is charge, have, collect from you, okay, uh, hazard insurance. And hazard insurance, by the way, is a, just an umbrella name. What it really means is it's, it's like it could, hazard insurance is like fire insurance, homeowner's insurance, that kind of insurance, pro, insurance on the property itself. You know, by law, all we ever have to carry, or by regulation, not regulation, but by contractual agreement with the lender, normally what we have to do is only carry insurance that protects the lender in the event that the house burns down or gets blown down or something like that due to a hurricane. 
We are not required to have things like homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's insurance is something different. You know, it's like added benefits to a policy. So, for example, they'll not only take care of you if your house burns down, but also if, you're, if you have young kids and your kid throws a rock through the neighbor's window, you may find out your homeowner's insurance covers that. If somebody's at your house and slips down the stairs and breaks a leg, you may find out your homeowner's insurance covers that. Okay? If... Uh, if something, uh, maybe if shingles blow, blow off the roof and they need to be replaced, you may find out it's the homeowner's insurance that pays for that. Okay, so we're talking about there's usually basic hazard fire insurance, and then people will usually have homeowners additional insurance on top of that. So we're talking about them collecting that, by the way. Uh, mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance would be like, for example, if you had, uh, if you have an FHA loan, it would be the FHA loan premium. Remember, because any time that you're borrowing, if you're putting down less than 20%, you're probably paying some kind of mortgage insurance. If you're dealing with FHA, you're paying FHA insurance. VA, you're paying a premium, and if, it's, if you're doing a conventional loan, you're paying what they call private mortgage insurance, or they refer to as PMI. Also down here, they'll ask you to deposit with them things like property taxes. Okay, so that they'll pay the property. Again, I think I've mentioned this before. The reason why is if you have a low amount of money that you've put down as a down payment, what the lender wants to do is make sure that the place is always insured and that the taxes are up to date. Okay, and that's why they'll do that. If they if you put down more than if you put 20% or more, they feel that you have enough equity in it that you will make sure that it takes care of because you have a larger uh, you have a larger amount of money to lose. The Section 1100 deals with something called title charges. So you'll have settlement, closing costs, down payment, preparation fee, notary fees, title insurance, things like that. Section 1200 deals with government recording and transfer, things like recording fees, county and city uh, transfer tax fees. So they're estimating that. And then down below here, there's additional settlement charges, such as pest control reports, roof inspections, whatever. And I'll show you where in the HUD booklet those def where they'll have the word and then a definition of what that topic is. And that's part of the information that's going to be provided to you as a consumer. Down below this, they actually have the total of what all the fees happen to be. And uh, right down here, and they finally settle that out. On the back page of this, not the back page of this, let me see. Um, okay. You'll also get something called the truth in lending document that looks like this. And I wish the author would have filled this thing out, but I'll go through what this is. This is, again, is truth, federal truth and lending disclosure statement. What they're asking them to put here is something called the actual percentage rate, or um, it's called the, uh, I'm sorry, annual percentage rate. That's the APR. And I'll talk more about what the APR is. That gets to be confusing. Because whenever you get ready to buy a loan, you'll have two rates that look like they're they're quoting you. You'll have an interest rate, and you'll have an annual percentage rate. And we'll talk about what that is. What it is is the interest rate is what you pay every month. So in other words, if if you were if you got a loan for $100,000 at 6%, in other words, that would be $6,000 a year. If you're paying the payments every month, that would mean that you would be paying the lender $500 a month. Okay, that's your interest rate. But your annual percentage rate is an indicator of how much it costs you to get the loan, which is including all those fees. And I'll talk more about what that is in a minute. That has to be quoted. Both of those figures have to be quoted to you as a borrower. 
You also see the amount that you're going to finance. So that'll be, for example, like uh, this will say like you're going to finance $300,000. And then this is going to be your total number of payments. So at the end of the loan, this, may, this figure here might be where you're borrowing $300,000, but what you're actually going to be making payments back might be three hundred and fifty dollars or 375000 because it's going to be the principal plus the interest you pay cumulatively. Down below here, we'll do things like how many payments you're going to have, um, amount of the payment, where the payments are due, so on and so forth you're going to have in here. Uh, and then down below, they have some other things. They talk about insurance. Uh, these are some questions, and I'm going to blow these up a little bit. Most people never even read these things. Under insurance, it's asking you or it's telling you whether or not this loan is going to require and that you're going to pay something called credit life and credit disability insurance. Now, some lenders... Some lenders, usually the lenders that are lending what we call hard money loans or, or, or people that are like, like an FHA, household finance, those kind of lenders, they usually have this kind of stuff in there. On normal loans that you get to buy a house, you usually don't see this. But what they're talking about is they're, if, they're, if this loan is contingent upon the fact that you're going to have credit life insurance and credit disability insurance, which means you're going to have pay extra money so that in the event that you become disabled, your payments are going to be made, or in the event of your death, that your mortgage is going to be paid off. That's what that box means. If you're going to have property insurance, if they're saying it's contingent on you getting property insurance, they're going to check that box. If they say it's contingent on flood insurance, they're going to check that box. Flood insurance, by the way, there are certain areas within the Sacramento geographical area in which have been designated as flood areas. And if you go to a lender and you want to get a loan with them, they are going to require that you show them that you have flood insurance. And you're going to have to provide a policy or even if you're in a homeowners association and it's in a flood area, what you're going to have to do is have the association tell you who the agent is and get a copy of that information from the agent to prove to them that your condo, for example, has flood insurance. Okay. The second thing is, is it says you may obtain insurance from any one of the following except, and then they tell you if, you're, uh, if you purchase property, flood insurance, and then the amount. This is security you are giving security interest in and whatever you're, uh, you're doing. Like in this case, it's real property. Your filing fees, late charges. Okay, so late charges of payment is more than so many days old, what the interest rate or the percent is going to be. The payment. It may or may not have a penalty. They'll tell you that. This section down here deals with whether or not it's going to be an assumption. So if they're going to allow this loan to be assumed by another individual, which is a totally different topic that I could spend probably you know, 45 minutes on explaining what that is, but if they're going to allow a loan to be assumed or taken over by somebody else, they'll put this down. And this is saying may, or the word may, when they say the word may, that really means that it's going to be up to them. So if you want to allow somebody else to take over your loan on your home because you're moving out of town and maybe the interest rates are high and you think that's an attractive loan, may means that you have to get the permission from the lender, which means the lender would probably have you come in, maybe even have the new person fill out an application, do a credit background check, check their financing, check their incomes, all that other stuff. In other words, maybe even put them in the same position as you were in when you originally applied for the loan.
then here they say maybe subject to conditions. Conditions could be the fact of you know whether or not they can you know whether or not they can financially qualify for it. Okay, and you need to ask. Or if they say may not, they'll say may not, meaning no. Under no circumstances am I going to allow anybody to assume that loan. Um, down below, it's just um, it just says see your contract documents for any other additional information and payment. Okay, and that this is going to be an estimate, and then you sign down here, okay, or they sign down there. On this side right here is something called, and I'll zoom back out, it's called a three-day notice or right to cancel. This, again, is underneath that regulation, and what it is is it's your right to cancel the loan, okay, after you have applied for it. What it's doing is it's giving you a period of time to look over everything, Make sure that this is what you really want to do. And then once you read over this, they'll have down here that they've put all this language in here that you've read it and you understand it. And then finally down there, you've acknowledged receipt of it and you've signed it. Okay? Again, so that's so that you're aware of all of the loan, the loan terms, the loan situation. You're understanding what you're getting yourself into. It's really sad what a lot of lenders have done to people they put them in they put them in houses or they put them in cars or they put them in something in which the people barely are able to financially afford those whatever it happens to be and the minute the market changes and the interest rates go up the next thing you know the people are losing the houses and i think that's really sad to happen i don't think it does anybody any good i think if you're sitting there and you barely qualify for a loan and you're putting somebody into a loan that the minute the interest rates change, their interest rate's going to go up, and they're going to be in an area where they're not going to be able to afford that loan. I think that's doing an injustice to the consumer. I think it's doing an injustice to the company, and I really think that maybe they ought to put you in jail because that's not right. It's not, it's not fair to anybody. And then not to disclose that to people so they understand is really bad. And some of those people, by the way, that they're disclosing don't have the knowledge you know, like I told students last night in my, pra in my uh, principal's class, I said, you know, this book right here with all this stuff in it, you guys are spending an entire semester trying to learn this stuff. Consumers have to know all of this just to buy a house or disclose it. It's, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's a very complex topic, and, and I think there should be a burden put, put on the lender to make sure that they are doing something correct. That's why in the area of things like reverse mortgages now, HUD, for example, is requiring that, that people go to classes to understand what in the world they're getting themselves into. Very, very important. Okay, the next one, page one, uh, next page, I think, I want to read a couple things here to you and point them out. It says, Regulation Z also contains provisions that apply to advertising. Okay, advertising. Prior to passage of the Act, an advertiser might have disclosed only the most attractive credit terms, thus distorting the true cost of financing, okay, which, again, I think they need to go to jail if they do that. Um, Regulation Z requires that advertisers disclose all of the terms of the financing if, if the ad contains any information about a single financing term. So if you tell somebody that the thing has great payments and they're only $1,000 a month, or you tell them that it is the interest rate is 4%, that's not enough information for a consumer to make an intelligent decision. You need to disclose more information. So they have two ads in here I'll show you. 
Down here it says these terms include but are not limited to cash price, interest rate, payment amounts. These are known as triggers. Triggers are things that you read the rate and you go, wow, that's a great deal. You know, I'm going to refinance my house. I'm going to buy my, I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to do something. These are triggers. This is what triggers you to call them. Okay. It says if any, if any trigger is used, the advertiser must disclose all the terms of the financing. Such uh, information is not allowed to be contained in a fine print section of the advertisement. It's not. Now what they do is, and I think this is really good, they give you an example. And I really want to, I really want to show you this because I think that this is something that you need to think about because a lot of, of real estate people will make up flyers on a regular basis. And you want to make sure that whenever you're putting out any information for the public to have, that you're doing it properly. Okay? Now what this loan, what this ad is doing here is it says now get a, a, get a home equity loan with no application fee, no appraisal fee, and no points. That sounds really attractive. You know, the first thing that that triggers in my mind, especially at my age, is that there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, these people need to make money. They need to make a profit. And when they bring you on and tell you this stuff, and that's all they tell you, those are triggers. That would make you pick up the phone, okay? Now, down below, notice that there's very little scant information at all about what they're doing here. They said, uh, down below they're saying, but only until if you own a house or a condo or a co-op, you can use a lot, a lot of money on your home equity loan. There's no application fee saving you up to $200. There's no appraisal cost saving you up to $250. There's no points at closing for additional savings. Also, your home equity loan or home equity line of credit can be used for any purpose. So this is all like feature benefit, feature benefit, feature benefit. No, no, no costs, nothing. They haven't told you anything about it. Uh, uh, can be used for almost any purpose of your uh, of your payments. Be 10% tax deductible or 100% tax deductible. Okay, consult your tax advisor uh, to apply for the loan to find out how much you can borrow. Visit our whatever the number of branches or call. That's what that is. That's, that is not a legal appropriate ad, but you see things that have like that. Okay? What they're trying to do here, and they're not saying that this other advertisement is absolutely perfect, but they're trying to show you that they're going to put some additional information here. So here we have a picture of the house, and down below we have some information. And what they're doing <clears throat> is you'll notice that this has more in it. It's giving you, this is talking about a subdivision that's a sale, and they're saying Hickory Ridge priced from, and this has got to be an old loan, you know, an old house. I don't think anything it sells for this anymore. We need to probably put a two or a three or a four in front of the number. But for 46200 large wooded lots, close to major shopping schools, commuter transportation, and you'll love the low taxes, blah, 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 and they give you the price. I know you maybe can't see this here, but what they're doing here is they're giving you more details about the loan. They're telling you that what the typical financing is. They're telling you what the down payment is going to do, what the interest rates are going to be. Um, they're telling you that it's going to be 360 equal payments, which is a 30-year loan. They're telling you uh, what the payment and the taxes and everything else are going to be. So they're giving you more information. Okay, I'm not saying all the information you need, but they're giving you more information. 
So I think what you would want to do is to keep in mind that if you are putting together any kind of advertisements for clients uh, or, or for customers or whatever, you need to make sure that you're following the appropriate disclosure laws and giving them enough information about what's going on and don't bury it in fine print. And also, uh, it always makes me laugh when they do things and they get somebody on there that speaks about 90 miles a minute, you know, or 90 miles an hour, and you still don't understand what they talk about. You know, people need to be informed about what's going on. In fact, I think you do a better job of getting good, solid, repeat referral business if you take the time and explain it to a client and they feel comfortable with you than if they feel like you've been take, they've been taken advantage of. What I'm going to do now is that I'm going to spend some time going into that link that I have in Blackboard and showing you some stuff so that you will be at least familiar on where to get this data from in the future. Now, one of the things I'm going to do is so I'm going to go to my old friendly website links down here. And I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between a couple things, but I'm going to go to my Chapter 5 link down here which is federal regulation and consumer protection. And the first thing that I did is I went out and I wanted to find something that at least was close enough that was on the Internet that could explain what, that, what was in that HUD statement, okay, that you could say to a client what this is. By the way, these publications, you can order hard copies of these publications. So anyway, it says the HUD, HUD 1 Settlement Statement Booklet. Let me see if I can make this any bigger, which I'm not sure if I can. Let me see, larger. Okay, yeah. Okay, the HUD settlement booklet, and this is going to come from the HUD statement, from the Housing and Urban Development Statement. This is part of the booklet discusses the settlement services which may be required to get and pay for and which are itemized in Section L of the HUD-1 statement. Uh, you also will find a sample of a HUD-1 form, which you can download if you're interested in doing, uh, form to help you understand what the settlements transactions are. Down below it says, when shopping for settlement services, you can use this section as a guide, noting on, all, uh, noting on it all the possible services required by various lenders and the different fees quoted by service providers. Uh, settlement costs can increase the cost of your loan, so compare carefully. Okay, And when we talk about the cost of a loan, and let me just mention what this is for a minute, okay? What we're talking about in its most simplistic state, for example, if you go to the bank and you borrow, let's say, $100,000 from the bank, okay, and there was no costs involved in giving the loan at all, let's say you didn't have any costs, there was no appraisal fee, there was nothing. We're just talking about living in, in, a, in, a, in a fantasy world, but let's say there was no costs, once you got that loan and you signed all those documents, what that $100,000 loan meant was that you would be able to walk away when completed with $100,000 that you could use to buy a house. If it was an equity line of credit, you could use it to buy a motor home. You could use it to buy a boat, a plane, whatever you want to do, but you'd get the full use of the $100,000. Let's let that settle in for a minute. Now, what really happens in the real world when you go to the bank and say, I want to borrow $100,000, is that they lend you the $100,000, but they say we have some fees that are involved in you getting the loan. So, by the way, there's two ways you can pay for those fees. You can either give them up front to me now, or we can deduct them from the loan. 
Okay, so for example, if they have an appraisal fee, an escrow fee, a title fee, uh, uh, recording fees, all that, those fees and points that could actually e very easily add up to be say three thousand dollars, four thousand, or five thousand dollars. Let's say it's five thousand dollars. What that means when you walk out the door, you're not walking out with five with a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket. You are walking out with you know, the 100000 minus the cost of getting the loan, which is 95000 okay, because you had to pay $5,000 in order to get the loan and all those fees. If that makes sense to you, hopefully it does, then that those fees are what we call the settlement costs. And what you want to do is when you're going from one lender to the other, you want to find out what those fees happen to be. And if the fees are higher with one lender or they're less with a lender. Now, later on, I'll explain to you where how you calculate your annual percentage rate, that rate that we keep talking about. And in reality, what that annual percentage rate is, in this most simplistic, basic thing is, is that you are paying, you know, if I borrow the money, at a, if I borrow $100,000 and I pay 6%, you know, interest per year, that in reality means that I'm going to pay $6,000 a year. That's what I'll pay. What that means, it works out to roughly, if I divide this, uh, if, I, if I divide that out, that's going to work out to somewhere around $500 a month. If I divide 12 into 6,000, it's about $500 a month. Now, if I walk away from the lender and I'm not getting 100,000, I'm getting 95,000, but I'm still paying 6% a month, that extra, what I'm actually doing is I'm actually paying more for that because I'm not getting the 100, I'm actually only getting 95,000. So we have to have some way of being able to indicate what those costs are that I'm paying, and that's called the annual percentage rate. And I'll show you how we calculate that in a minute. Okay, long story, but hopefully. Anyway, underneath this link right here, HUD settlement costs, it takes you to the FHA, or I'm sorry, FHA, it takes you to the HUD uh, Housing and Urban Development website. What it does is this is part of the booklet. It explains what the booklet is. It says the booklet is... Uh, um, this part of the booklet discusses the settlement services which you may be required required to get and pay for, which are itemized in the Section L of the HUD-1 Settlement Statement. You also will fill, find a sample of a HUD-1 form you can uh, to help you understand the settlement transaction. Now, if you go down here, if you remember back where I said there were categories, and I said, okay, the 800 categories were considered to be things that you had to pay in connection with getting the loan. So what this does is the item number 800 tells you, gives you that definition. It says 800, items that are 800 have to deal with items that are payable in connection with the loan. Down below, it gives you a definition of what each one of these terms are. So you may say, okay, what in the world is a loan origination fee? So because it's within that 800 category, it'll say this fee is usually known as a loan origination fee, but sometimes called a point or points. It covers the lender's administrative cost in processing a loan, often expressed as a percentage of the loan. The fee will vary among lenders. Generally, the buyer pays the fee unless otherwise negotiated. So it tells you what that is. If you go down here, the next one, it says loan discount. It'll, it'll tell you what a loan discount is. It says 
Also often called points or discount points, a loan discount is a one-time charge imposed by the lender or the broker to lower the rate on which the lender or the broker would otherwise offer the loan. Each point is equal to 1% of the mortgage amount. For example, if a lender charges two points on an $80,000 loan, this amounts to a charge of $1,600. So I want you to just get the idea is that every item that was in that form in the book a definition of what that item is, and these are all things that are part of you getting a loan, such as a credit report, a lender's inspection fee, mortgage insurance application fee, an assumption fee, mortgage broker fee. Those are all things to help you get a loan. The next category is the 900 items. These are items that are required to be paid for by the lender, uh, be paid to the lender in advance. So again, it will give you the item, the number, the item, and what it'll do is it'll show you what it is. For example, pick something really small, uh, mortgage insurance premium. The lender may require you to, p to pay your first year's mortgage insurance premium or a lump sum premium that covers the life of the loan in advance at the settlement. So it tells you what that is. The next category down here is our 1,000 category. This has to do with escrow deposits amount that are deposited. So this will tell you, for example, uh, these are, uh, and this gives you the line items, which are hopefully is self-explanatory, like hazard insurance, mortgage insurance, city and property taxes, so on and so forth. 1,100 is the title charges. So this tells you what those title charges are, what the actual definition of them are. Okay. Things like a notary fee. You know, you're going to have a, this fee is a charge for the cost of having a person who is licensed as a notary, a, a notary public swear to the fact that the persons named in the documents did sign them. That means that they're going to, they would be able to go to court and say on that day at that time, you know, old Pat was in here. I looked at his driver's license. I got his thumbprint and that was really him. What they're trying to do is prevent fraud is what they're trying to do. In fact, one of the lenders, not, I'm sorry, not one of the lenders, one of the, uh, we had um, Tracy uh, Baghetti come in from, fi um, from financial title this past week into the internship class, and she gave us a really great uh, uh, breakdown on this. And one of the things that, uh, that they insure against, the, or, uh, the title and escrow do, is against fraud. And the fact is, is have they ever had somebody, as she said, come in where it might be the girlfriend of the husband and not really the wife and sign? Yes. So that's why the notary is doing things like saying, I want a thumbprint, I want a driver's license, I want to make sure that's who you are so that I can actually go to court and swear that on that day that was who I was talking to. And that's trying to prevent the fraud is what they're trying to do. So anyway, that's all those costs, attorney's fees, title insurance, then in the 1200 category is things like uh, fees you're going to pay for things like uh, recording, uh, recording fees, uh, such as uh, 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 what we call documentary transfer tax stamps. In other words, like, for example, in, in at least in Sacramento County, for every $1,000 of the value of the property that you're buying, now this is when you buy, not when you're refinanced, but when you buy, you're going to pay a dollar ten per thousand, or it's uh, it's fifty five cents per five hundred is how they break it out. And what that is is it's a fee that you're going to pay on the amount of equity that's going to be transferred from the seller to the buyer. So that's a fee, and that can also have you can have one of those for the city and also one for the county. Um, 
Down here is any additional settlement fees, and these are things that they may, that the lender may very well, because of the property, decide that they want you to do. Such as, they may say to you, the lender may say, I want a survey. Uh, the lender may require that a surveyor conduct, uh, conduct a property survey. This is in protection to the buyer as well. Usually the buyer pays the surveyor's fee, but sometimes this may be paid for by the seller. You're trying to find out, is that really, is that legal description really good? You know, there's an issue with the title, and it says, hey, there's a possibility there's an easement of a right-of-way on here. We want to get all that settled. We want to get that taken care of. In fact, that also could have been driven because of the fact that the title insurance company found something that they brought into question that's not easily verifiable, such as a fence that maybe is thought that it might be encroaching upon your property, and they want to distinguish where are the property lines in reality, okay? Or maybe, even in some cases, I've even seen houses built on the wrong property. It's not uncommon. Or a house built where part of the house is on one property and parts on another property. So it could be different reasons. They may require things such as pest control inspections, my old friendly termite guys, lead-based paint inspections. Okay? So, and they can have, I would say that any additional inspections are typically going to be driven by the fact that there's something that comes up in some other kind of uh, document or some other kind of uh, disclosure that people say, you know, you know, we got a problem here. Let's go check on it, okay? Then down below, they finally, this explains what the total costs are going to be on that statement, okay, and um, so on and so forth. And so that's what that particular book does. And again, if you go to the... Um, HUD website, you can also order written books, okay, or you can get those from a lender. A lender is required to give you a book that explains all this. If you are going to be a lender, you need to be giving this to the clients, okay? Okay, so I'm going to close out of this. The next thing that I wanted to show you in here was something that I thought was a kind of a nifty little thing that give, drives home the concept of what an annual percentage rate is, okay? In other words, I wanted something that could help you get the concept of what was going on. So in here, I found this little calculator at a website that allows you to go ahead and figure out what your annual percentage rate is going to be. Okay? Now, remember, <clears throat> the whole purpose of the annual percentage rate is so that you as a consumer can have an independent indicator so that you can compare one loan versus another. And the reason why you want to be able to do this is because you may go to one lender and they may say to you, <clears throat> excuse me, our appraisal fee is $500, but our, we're only going to charge you a point on the loan. You go over to the next lender and they say, our appraisal fee is not 500 it's 300 but we're going to charge you a point and a half. And oh, by the way, um, we're also going to charge you, um, I don't know, we're going to have you pay another fee in escrow or something. And so you get all done with this, and you, you've got now all of these numbers, and you're sitting there going crazy, and you're saying, how do I compare these things? This is driving me nuts. So the whole concept of the annual percentage rate is that you have some independent indicator that you can use so that you can compare one loan versus the other. This does not mean that you pick the one with the lowest APR. It just means that you need to have some way of being able to say, hey, this looks a little bit better than this. Let me look at it in more detail. 
Now, what this little calculator does here is pretty nifty, I think. First of all, on the left-hand side, it gives you some information about shopping for a loan, which I really thought was really kind of nifty. It says this APR calculator will easily, I don't know if I can make this any bigger, by the way. I don't think, no, I can't. But I'll read it to you. Um, it says this APR calculator will easily calculate the annual percentage rate on any type of a loan. This also assumes that you've got your statements. You know, in other words, you've got some information on it because it's going to be asking you for some gross figures. All right. Then it goes on from there. It says shopping for a mortgage loan and comparing mortgage lenders can be confusing. How do you know if you are getting the best deal? One lender charges upfront fees but has a good rate. Another charges a very little fees but has a slightly higher interest rate. So which one is better? You don't know. Uh, the annual percentage rate, or APR, provides a way to compare different loan pricing structures used by lenders. Okay? And then it goes down below here, and it says your loan payment will be based on an interest rate determined by your lender, okay, whatever they decide. Your lender may also charge you fees for the privilege of borrowing money. The annual percentage rate takes into consideration that you have to pay money in order to borrow money. That is clear cut. You're going to have to pay something. In fact, what I actually say to a lot of people is that, you know, getting a real estate loan is not a cheap thing. It's not cheap. It costs money. People don't think it costs money because what they do is they include it as part of the loan. You originally want to borrow $100,000. You know that there's going to be costs of getting the loan. So what they do is they say, you know what, you could actually finance those costs. So when you leave, you're not actually borrowing $100,000. You're actually borrowing $105,000, which you're actually then walking away with $100,000. What you're really doing is you're financing those fees, like you're financing the appraisal fee, the points, the escrow fee, the title fee, and you don't really understand what's going on. It just sounds like it's a better deal, but you need to know that, which means you owe more money. And then if all of a sudden you decide, like some of our friends now, they got, they got loans and then they keep refinancing them. What's happening is every time you refinance, you're incurring more costs. You know, So that's why you want to think of all this stuff. Okay. Um, for example, it says, for example, let's say you borrow $100,000 for 30-year mortgage loan and the lender, lender A is charging you an interest rate of 7%. Lender A, however, will charge you $2,000 in fees for the loan since you would have to pay $2,000 in order to get the $100,000. You are, in reality, increasing your cash position by $98,000 because you get it borrowing $100,000, but you're going to use $2,000 of that $98,000 in order to get the loan. Um, so anyway, uh, it says lender B offers a 7% interest rate and does not charge any fees. Instead, lender B requires you to pay three points. A point is 1% of the loan. In this case, um, since 3% would be $3,000, you would only increase your cash position by, 90, uh, by 97 or you would end up paying 3000 So what you want to do is you want to have some way of doing this. So here's what the calculator does. You go in here and you put in your loan amount. So, for example, if I want to borrow, say, 300000 Let me see. Get the old thing going here. 300000 Make it Sacramento kind. 300123. And then I'm going to put an interest rate in there. And for the lack of anything else, I'm going to leave it at 6% for right now. Down below here, I'm going to put in one point. 
okay, one point, which is 1% of the loan, which means that it's going to be $3,000 for the loan. Down here, I have to put in any loan fees. Now, loan fees would be fees that I would be paying. This is where you may have to group everything together. And remember, loan fees are things that are like non-reoccurring type of costs, okay? In other words, you pay them one time and they're gone. But let's say, for example, we're going to charge, I don't know, $500 in fees, okay? And we're going to have a loan term for 30 years, okay? So now what I do is I just hit my old friendly calculator button, and what it'll do is it'll come back and it will tell me what my APR is going to be. And what it does is it shows me my loan amount, my 6%, my loan points is 1%, that I have loan fees of uh, $500, loan term 30 years, and that's what my APR is. So that indicates what that rate is. Now I'm going to kind of write that down so I don't forget it. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and calculate it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to change something in there. I'm only going to change one item not to make it confusing. I'm going to change, for example, the points. Okay? So I'll go back, and I'll go back to my uh, percentage rate calculator, and I think it was uh, $300,000, 6%. I had not one point this time, but two points, but nothing else changed. I'm still only paying $500. I think it's 500 yeah. Okay, all I've done is increased it by one point. Okay, now if I go ahead and calculate it, what it's going to do is it's going to, let me zoom up here. What it's going to do is it's going to tell me my, it's now not 6.1, but 6.22. Okay? So what that means is even so the interest rate is the same and even so the cost of getting the loan are the same, the points make it so that I'm paying more, a higher APR. So that means I'm paying more for that loan. And what I could do is I could use this kind of a calculator to get a rough idea where I, maybe they're throwing a lot of different figures at me and be able to get a handle on what it is. Normally what's going to happen is, remember, every time I pay more fees, the higher my APR is going to be, okay, the higher it will be. For example, I'll go back and I'll do one more. This time what I'll do is I'll leave it at, um, let's go back here, and I'll leave, I'll go to 300000 same thing, 6%. I'll enter the two points I had before. But this time what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, you know what, they're going to make me pay appraisal fee, escrow fees, title fees, all kinds of stuff, and that's going to amount up to about $1,500. And now I'll go in here and I'll change that. And I'll look down here, and my APR is a little bit higher. Not much, I should have written it down, but it's a little bit higher. But it's a, anyway, it's a way, and it, what, what will make that thing change, it'll be how many years I'm paying the loan for, a lot of different things. But it hopefully it gives you an idea of an indicator of the value or the cost of getting the loan. Okay, So you're not looking and making your decision based on just one thing like, oh, this guy doesn't charge me an appraisal fee and this one does. You need to be able to look at the whole picture. So I think that that kind of takes care of that. The next thing I wanted to do is to... Um, trying to remember now, this is the real estate, this is the HUD, uh, HUD's part of the site, another link, which is buying a home, settlement costs and information. And again, there's not enough time right now for me to be able to go over this, but this is giving you all sorts of information, such as, you know, selecting a real estate broker, selecting an attorney, terms of the agreement, shopping for a loan, 
settlement cost agent, securing title, all those things are located right here. So you will be able to have that for you to look at any time. So, for example, if I wanted to know, for example, uh, something like shopping for a loan, what kind of information do you have in shopping for a loan? This will tell me all the things that I would maybe need to know about mortgage brokers, government programs, types of loans, interest points, all those things that I would normally run into, what they mean. This is also the reason why I'm emphasizing this. This is, in reality, part of this disclosure that clients need to have. And what's happening is that HUD is putting it on their website for you to have. Okay. The next thing that I wanted to do was I thought because of the fact that I couldn't find it at the time, and I think this is really, really, really important, is to put down where you can get some information on the different types of loan programs that you can get through, let me see, hopefully we have an internet connection here. Yeah, here we go. I couldn't find this at one of our lectures. What this is, is this explains the different kinds of loan programs that you can get through HUD. And remember, HUD becomes important because in some cases it might be where the people we go to to get our first loan. So, for example, the Section 203B mortgage is a mortgage that people would typically use when they buy their first house and has a low interest, uh, not a low interest, but a low down payment. So that's what this program explains. For example, who's eligible? The borrower must meet certain FHA credit requirements. The borrower is eligible for approximately 97% of the financing. Okay. What's important about this program is that there's nothing. All you have to do is be a regular person. You don't have to be a vet. You don't have to be a school teacher. This is just a regular person. It's for somebody. A lot of us use this to get our first home loan. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back here for a minute and go back to them again. Uh, a couple other programs that I thought were important. Uh, I don't know why this is. Let me see if I can just change this text here. For some reason, it's over. Okay. Um, I'll go back. Let me see. I'll just make it bigger, and I'll tell you what it is. This is... Uh, these are mortgages 203H has to do with insured mortgage for uh, uh, disaster relief people. 255 is home equity conversion. These are reverse mortgages, okay? And I could spend a lot of time on this. This is uh, something that has a lots and lots and lots of literature about ho uh, reverse annuity mortgages. And again, these programs have become very, very popular because people mm -hmm are finding that they are house-rich but retirement income poor. For example, somebody that, uh, somebody that has bounced around from job to job, and I'm always amazed at how many people have done this, and a lot of people that are very intelligent and very well-educated haven't put a nickel away for retirement, end up and want to retire at 65 years old and find out that they, they have nothing but Social Security. They have no other pension coming from someplace else, but they may have a house. And so what they want to do is they want to be able to get the money out of the house or get some kind of income out of the house. These, these have become popular because there's a lot of us that are baby boomers that are now moving into that marketplace. This section right here has tons and tons of information associated with these programs, tells you what the programs are about, what programs FHA participates in. One of the things that I thought was really, oh, another thing, too, is that they have a link to AARP, which AARP is, um, 
I'll think about it in a minute. I'm trying to keep all this. American Association of Retired People, I believe. It's got gazines, people have loans, but they've become very, very active in this and just providing information to people. Uh, if you're 50 or older, you can belong to them, by the way. I think it's like $10 for a year or a lifetime membership. But anyway, I thought that one of the things that was important in here was FHA. Wait a minute. I'll find it in here, hopefully. Ten, about ten frequently asked questions. And I thought this was good because it gives you a good snapshot. It tells you what a reverse mortgage is. So it'll go through and tells you what it is. It tells you how... Uh, can I qualify? It talks about you ha how old you have to be. You have to be 62 years of age. Okay, tells you that. Uh, can I apply if I don't buy my uh, if I didn't buy my present home with FHA insurance? That the answer to that is our program. The answer to that is yes. What times the homes are eligible? All of this stuff is in here to get you off the blocks and start finding out some information. How much money can I get from my home? Um, you know, what happens if I live in the home and then, you know, let's say I'm living and I die and my wife is left. What happens? You know, that's why you want to get information from here. How much money, um, you know, can I get the money out as a lump sum or can I get it a combination of a lump sum and a monthly payment? The answer to that is yes, but there's certain kinds of limitations. But this answers all of those questions for you. Again, part of disclosure. Uh, go back one more time, just kind of watching the clock here. Um, I just want to, down here is things like on adjustable rate mortgages, which is something I think everybody needs to know about. <clears throat> There's another program in here called, if I can find it, Graduated Mortgage Payments, Gra Graduated Payment Mortgage. This is the one where it's an FHA 245 program. What it does is it allows you to get into the home, where your monthly payments in the beginning are low, lower. And then what happens is, is that they increase over the next so many years. <clears throat> this would, this program has been around for years and years and years, but, but what's helpful about this, this program is good for somebody that maybe is at work, I'm not sorry, at work, but in school, is going to be moving into an area where they really have a lot of high degree of confidence that their income is going to be going up and that they can want to move in and have a lower payment now, but they know for sure that their income is going to go up in the future. Okay? So, again, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about a lot of disclosure, a lot of information that's on the website. I think you really need to take a look at all of this. It's very, very important to read and understand. I want to thank you very much for watching, and we will see you back here again for show number 11. Have a nice day.